This is Brothers in Arms, from the novel Dethroned, by Branka Jabrillo, read by Althea Kuzman. The month of Gregor's leave was nearing the end. He didn't want to think about anything else but the country's freedom, otherwise he might give in to some silly feelings. Several days before his leaving, the new mayor invited Gregor to attend a small party. The press was there and Gregor himself was the most important guest. He outshone the local politicians and even the famous theatre director turned politician. As the evening progressed, Gregor drank more than the others did. More than tipsy, he was when Simon Odak told him. I've designated you to a new place. What? You won't go where you were before. There's another battlefield where more boys are needed. You'll go there in a week's time, down the coast. Oh, really? You better show some respect. To you, piece of shit. You'll go from where only few came back alive, you singing soldier. War isn't a game. What do you know about war, you, you little piece of shit? You sit here in your nicely pressed uniform. You parade around like a show pony at a provincial Sunday fair. You eat and you drink at the expense of us as you always have. Piss off. I couldn't care less about you. You play the biggest patriot, yet everyone knows that your mother is a Serbian crossbreed. Simon grabbed him by his lapels and several men stood up. Gregor repeated, You play the biggest patriot, yet everyone knows that your mother is a Serbian crossbreed. Escort him out. He had too much to drink, said one of the men whose name Gregor had forgotten. He was escorted out. Yet again, he found himself on the street, thanks to Simon Odak's odd power. Drunk and deeply hurt, he made an absolutely demonic decision, but sober as one could be, he followed it up. He took out his father's old sniper rifle, which was hidden in the garage for decades. He cleaned it, put ammunition in, drove out of the town and tried it out. For three days he sat in front of her house, and when she came out on the third day, sometime in the late afternoon, he slowly followed her to a travel agency. She was a tall, lanky woman, still with a straight back and a steady walk. She walked in. There were a few people waiting in front of her. He crossed the road and climbed the opposite building. Up to the top he went, climbed the iron bars, opened the iron gate and found himself on the top of the building. He lay flat on his stomach and looked at the street through the gun point. The world looked different from that perspective. It looked as if it were on the palm of his hand. His hand was steady and precise. She fell down like a long, lanky tree cut in haste with a chainsaw. He climbed down, took a padlock and locked the iron gate that led to the terrace. He threw the key into a waste pipe without any inhibition or fear. He came out of the building with the sniper rifle on his back. There were other uniformed men carrying sniper rifles or firearms in town. He wasn't the only one. Now he felt free to go wherever his country wanted him to go, wherever Simon Odak assigned him to go. His walk was brisk. He never turned his back. Shortly, he heard sirens. 
but the traffic on the street was slow at this hour. All he wanted to hear was a birdsong, but they were muted by sirens and loud music coming from a passing-by car. With a slow but steady step, he came to the church. Friar Marag was outside tending the garden. He saw him and waved his hand. Gregor asked, What are you going to do with this pile of leaves and twigs? I shall burn them. Can you burn a rifle? It won't burn completely, but yes, we can burn it. And what would be left of it, we can bury it in the cemetery. Gregor took a rake and collected more leaves, twigs and wood. He lit a fire and when the flames were big, steady, he took his sniper rifle and threw it into the fire. They sat at the low wall, overgrown with ivy, and looked at the fire. No one was there to see them. No one to witness what was burning in the fire. Gregor whispered into the friar's ear while the latter just nodded his head in approval. Not a word came from his mouth. Smog was rising up high. It reached even higher than the tall cypresses, which had grown around the church ground for several hundreds of years. They were silent witnesses. They choked on the smog, which was, at the same time, the secret and the truth about the burned rifle. The very same day, Gregor Truba had packed his rucksack and left to the very same battlefield from where he came from. He waited not for Simon Odak to tell him where to go. He went where his guts took him, where his pals were, his brothers in arms. That night, Hugo came into his dreams and said nothing. He just looked at him and cried his baby tears. They were unstoppable and bitter. They woke him up. He cursed and reached for the bottle. Give me a break, Hugo. Give me a break, brother, he said, distressed. When Gregor left... Friar Marag examined the ashes. The rifle butt had gone completely, while other bits in the ashes were obviously parts of a rifle, and that would be evident even to a small child. He waited a while. When the iron had cooled down, he collected all the pieces and wrapped them in an old blanket, which he took from the dormitory. He tied it up with a long rope and took it to the church cemetery. When he covered the hole where he had laid the remnants of the weapon with dirt and dead leaves, he turned around to check once again that no one except the cypresses witnessed his deeds. He met the calm eyes of his superior, Friar Dondi. Friar Dondi said not a word, but patiently stood there waiting for Friar Madag to tell him the story. What was it that he had just buried in the church cemetery? Friar Dondi... Please, for God's sake, please do not stand in our way. Whose way? We are making history. This church of ours bled for too long. This nation bled and moaned throughout history. This is our opportunity to be who we are again. Are we going to be what you have envisioned us to be? How would you justify your efforts and deeds when God calls? What you have just done is a deed criminally entangled with the fallen ones. You are giving them your power. Friar Dondi, I am helping our people and flock to get back to their roots. 
and to root out the devil who presented himself as the communist party and the aggressor. They oppressed, they tyrannized this nation for decades, if not centuries. Those who came as false teachers and prophets have been the instruments of darkness. The accusers must criticize and put down in order to feel good about their own misdeeds. Think long and deep about my advice. From now on, do everything that is in your power to make your future creations lead to the resurrection and life of your own soul. Friar Dondi said, and left Friar Marag in the cemetery cloaked in twilight. A deep grey sky, long dark shadows of cypresses, and dark grey tombstones. Night fell on the church, the cypresses and the cemetery lightly, as it falls on any other day in these seemingly peaceful surroundings. A few days later, Friar Dondi went to the Serbian Orthodox part of the town's cemetery, where the late wife of the respectable Dr. Odak and the daughter of his old friend Milovan Tesla was buried. He read in the papers that an unknown sniper, while she was crossing the street, shot her. Upon reading it, he knelt in front of the altar and prayed incessantly. Evil has no nationality. You've been listening to Brothers in Arms, a reading by Althea Kuzman from the novel Dethroned by Branka Chabrillo. It's published by Speaking Volumes and is available now through Amazon Books.